Good morning and welcome to the Preventing Grace podcast. It's December 12th and I don't know how many more of these we're going to be able to do in the remainder of this year. But We should maybe give a, a warning that we won't yeah. do it maybe the next week after week. Christmas <laughs> for sure. So. Yeah, we're not going to do this the day after Christmas, right. just but. so you know. But we and will... probably we're not going to do it the day after New Year's either. What do you <laughs> so want? So we might to be taking a tweak hiatus after. So I guess we probably the do, next... do next Monday. Yeah. All things not failing. Right. So. I also I wanted to, I had almost a whole blog post written yesterday, and I was just going to go to church and sort of finish it up. And instead of that, our child turned on the car, and I was screaming at him, turn the car, because there's snow. Turn on the car. So he goes out. He, we have two cars. He turns on the first car. He gets in the second car. He turns it on. He carefully pushes the lock button. Did he think he was unlocking it? No, because he was in it. He says he remembers pushing it down for some reason. He gets out of the car and he closes the car door. And the funny thing about that is that that car only has one key and it was blocking the other, the car. other car. So we, we couldn't go in either car. And this was, this was 20 minutes until church starts. Yeah. And the car that he did that to was almost out of gas. So my parents came and got you and took you to church while our child and I tried to break into our car and then he came back and got us and we just gave up and let it run out of gas. But we have people in our church who know how to break into a car. Right. Yes, <laughs> and so by it. 1030, our car was in our church the, parking The particular lot. demographics of Good Shepherd were in our favor. Just, mm. <laughs> at this point. Actually, it was a person mm. whose daughter routinely locks her keys in the car and so she owns a device that can quickly get into a car like she, her daughter locks her keys in her car at least once a month which must be so maddening and terrible um but the truth holds that our i mean i mentioned it after at the park service and a number of people came up to me after the service and said i know how to get into your car again <laughs> <laughs> So like at one point, three people were going to our house and we had to call two of them off. So, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, there were, so you can always count on someone knowing how to break into. There was like a, um, a whole army of people ready. Right, right, right. I was so grateful though, because if we had, we would be calling a locksmith this morning. And, and yeah, anyway. get, so yeah, yeah, we were able to get home yesterday in shifts. And so, yeah. Anyway, I had an interesting blog post. Like I wasn't, I, I was interested in this ad, advertisement for eco life. Um, the pod generated babies. There's, it's not happened yet, but somebody's thinking they can, they can probably, you know, come up with 30,000 babies in one facility if they just, put them in these little pot, you know it's like it's incubating incubating children uh, so you get a you, ai womb or whatever right so you, you use human 
the, the human egg and sperm, but then you just create, the, 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 this, there's an artificial Yeah, it's done in womb. this pod, yeah. and then, but then they can, um, you have an app on your phone if it's your baby. Right. And so you get, you know, live stream of how the baby's doing. You can put on a suit and f it's sort of AI feel the baby kick. Oh, and you can have your voice pumped into the, the, so the baby can hear you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so it's from the, the now the, it's 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 being billed right now as help for nations that are negative population growth, like super negative, like Japan or somewhere like that, South Korea, South Korea, and and so it's going to help you know, restore their population, and it's being billed as ways for childless couples to have yeah. children, but. You know, think of the evil that this could be put to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's I'm, already evil, but I mean, think of the more, the more evil. That I it just, is. so I, I just read an article. I'm I mean, it's probably good that I didn't post because this person said very succinctly. Mary Harrington is like my new um, person I'm following on Twitter. And she, I'm going to link her article. It's so good that if you, because they know now what happens to the mother when a when a woman is pregnant her biological reality changes and she becomes a different kind of person not neurologically in a way that makes her relationship with the baby um you know it's very essential mm. and intuitive so <laughs> You what you're doing away, is you're going to have pod babies, but you're not making mothers. pod mothers. You're not making mothers. And so you're going to end up with an underclass of sort of, of people who are not, who have not been properly brought into the world. And it's going to be really easy to do awful things to them, like enslave them or do medical experiments on them. Like she said, just think, think it all the way through. This is not going to be good for any. Well, and we're reading... In the in dark Kushnad, we're at the point where we're talking about Herbert Marcuse, and and the the need like to use the sexual revolution to get rid of the family so that the state can raise the children uh, free of of the of the influence of the paternal the authority the authority figure of the father and the mother who are going to inculcate non revolutionary values into the ch child so. This is this does it. Yeah, right? no, you this, this have, solves can, that problem. Can, now you can have the revolution because you have the state raising it. You, you, it. Instead of all it takes is someone coming up with some Marcusean Marxist saying, "Let's not raise these babies for the for parents. Let's just go to the sperm bank and get some eggs from willing revolutionaries, and then start breeding babies in this lab, and then we can we can we can do away with the confining influence of of backward parents limiting children's sexual desires and and also therefore crushing their revolutionary spirit and we can all we can we can really raise children who already already have a revolutionary consciousness they're already woke from the, from the time they're two and they can speak we'll we'll put woke values in them and then they'll be our little revolutionary army and they'll be our little revolutionary cadre so slaves yes but i mean this is, in I mean, every sense of the word, but though. this is this accomplishes what Marxists have been trying to accomplish since um, the twenties, which is to do away with the family, and which is a bourgeois construct. Yeah, it's just so bougie. Yeah, yeah. So so horrible to have a family, to have a mother and a father. <laughs> I, 
what a garbage thing that is. It's, you know, what's so awful about that is people who have had families, like, what did Marx, didn't like his mother or something. Uh, yeah, something like, deeply disturbing about like, that. About. They're all working out their, their horrible Honestly, issues. Honestly, I mean, you know, this, reading Rise and Triumph, you know, I read these, I read Smith Marxist before, but reading Rise and Triumph and how Carl Truman, like, draws links between them that I, I just hadn't caught. Um, like Reich, who who really was the first one to, maybe not the first one, but he was one of the main ones who melded Freud with Marx to explain why it was that with capitalism obviously collapsing in the 20s, you know, you had the Great Depression, um, like Marx predicted, why is it that, that the workers aren't rising up, like Marx also predicted, and taking hold of the means of production and 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 pushing the revolution, uh, why are they instead still clinging to the czar in their Bibles, instead of or the or the or the Kaiser or whatever? I guess Kaiser was gone by then. But the um, why are they still traditionalists? Why 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 are the blue collar people still traditionalists? Which is a problem that uh, modern day liberals still wrestle with. Um, modern day leftists still wrestle with. And the answer that Reich said is because, well, the the family conditions people to love. Well, at first, family it it, it, it limits their sexual expression. Children, said Freud, are always sexual from the time they are out of the womb all in, all the way to the point of death. Which is so sexual, like right? he's so that's so creepy. Right. That's just such a terrible. Right. Why did anybody think about this? Listen to him at all. That's <laughs> but, but so Freud used that to, but Reich used that to explain why it is, you know, children raised in, a, in that environment come to look for a daddy figure and a mommy figure, and the fascists play. This is what Reich would say: the fascists play into that, the traditionalists play into that. Uh, not that the traditionalists and fascists are the same; they're not. But, but the, that's why you have workers rather preferring either conservative traditions or fascism to communism because they're looking for um, they're looking for the daddy figure and because they've been conditioned and, and, and part of that conditioning the, the key part of that conditioning was the limiting of this of their sexual expression um, so then Marcuse comes along from the 60s right and he says um, well it's fine we, need, we do need to limit sexual expression but we need to do it in a rational way rather than a in a totalitarian way or, or, or oppressive way. And what, what he means by that is the rational way is, is consistent with the time, the economic circumstances. So it's, 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 it's repressive in a, in a new economy to continue to, to hold back sexuality like was maybe necessary in the beginning of the capitalist era, like when, when it made sense to guard private property and to make sure that uh, that women and men were paired to preserve uh, financial health. But now, you know, that's all bourgeois. It's not necessary. Now we're moving to a state, to a centralized economy. And, and, and so the, the maintaining the bourgeois system is is repressive so we need to get we need to that's where the free love thing came in like the free if you promoting sexual licentiousness from our cues with who's major major thinker here 
promoting sexual licentiousness was a revolutionary act because you were tearing down the bourgeois structures of society and bring and ushering in a brave new world. So this is perfect. I mean, it's like if Marcuse knew we got pod babies, I mean, he would be. He'd be so happy. Right yeah, now. he'd be super happy. And Michel Foucault comes in and starts talking about all the wonderful ways you can break down the bourgeois sexuality by becoming just a pervert and child rapist, basically. It, I, I, yeah, I, well, two things. I'm still waiting for you to thank me for buying that book and telling you how great it was. Then you woke up one day and were like, my I, I love this book so much. You should really read it. And I was so angry with you because I literally bought the book and read it and kept telling you, but it's like I was the ocean in your ears. So I just have to bring that up every time. Um, and second of all, I'm also waiting for progressive, quote, progressive Christians to apologize to the moral majority for um, being so angry with them when they were, have been, literally been right about everything. Like I read a lot of Frank Preddy in the eighties <laughs> and, like, yeah, like, and I feel like I, it couldn't have been more prophetic. <laughs> I didn't read Frank Preddy until the nineties <laughs> or whenever the eighties. When did Frank Preddy write his books? I mean, he might've read, 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 you were a Christian much longer than I was. But yeah. I so was, maybe uh, they were, I don't know when <laughs> Frank Preddy was, but anyway, in my youth, Father William, I read Frank Pretty, and I, I read This Present Darkness. I thought it was so exciting and also ridiculous. But you know what? It wasn't ridiculous. <laughs> I actually can't remember the book that well. But all the people who said uh, Satan is coming, <laughs> you know, like. Well, and, and noticed, like, part of the one. Noticed <laughs> patterns. Underlying theme in his book, his books, is the is the the outright worship of Satan by the UN. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so like like last week or whatever, the school board of Virginia was like, we have to not only do we have to allow Satan worship, we have to bring it about. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise it's not fair. <laughs> I, yeah. We weren't gonna They were talk. like super entertaining books. Yeah, yeah they, they were really like, like, it's like exciting. What's that other the the, the Christian romance novelist you like? Grace Livingston Hill. Yeah, it's like Grace Livingston <laughs> Hill for for Ben, like for for, for for but not a romance. Yeah, because it's it's like it's super cheesy, <laughs> but also and and, and theologically it's, suspect, but also but it's so exciting, <laughs> exciting. <right>? It's so <laughs> exciting. I just yeah, I think maybe it's time to maybe that should be our our evening reading after we finish Lord of the Rings. We can dig out some. Pretty. Frank Pretty and read it aloud to the children <laughs> for their. No, I don't think we should do that. We weren't going to talk about this. I just did want to say, like, I didn't, I wasn't, I just didn't fail to blog yesterday. Like, I literally keep writing blog posts, and they either get eaten by my computer or something happens. This is the second time on Sunday where I've I've been almost ready to post, and then something bad has happened, and I haven't Before. been able to. So I don't know why this. I don't know what. Maybe God doesn't want me to write things anymore, so you can blame him. But um, we were going to talk about something else that was also very exciting. Yeah, this is an amazing time in the life of so two Christianity. years ago, two, two years before COVID. Um, yeah, yeah. Before COVID, 
there was a, a priest, an Anglican priest, a Nigerian Anglican priest, who was for a while resident in our diocese, Anglican diocese of Living Word, Augustine Unigbe. I'm sure I'm mangling his name, not in purpose, but I, I just don't know how to pronounce it very well. Um, and very, for, for several, for several months, maybe even a year, he had been on Facebook just promoting the name it and claim it prosperity gospel doctrine. And in fact, coming on people's Facebook pages and groups and rebuking them for saying things like, well, God may not give you everything you ask for in prayer because it may not be good for you and he might not. Your, your faith power doesn't unlock God's power to give you wealth. And he would post links to Benny Hinn. He'd post links to all, all of the all the prosperity folks. Um, he thought were great. So that needless to say, it's a heresy. And and uh, so it's I was, not something that Anglicans are big into prosperity right. gospel. Some around the world maybe, but American yeah. Anglicanism hasn't been like on the prosperity yeah. gospel wagon. Fortunately, so normally, like if he, if he were in another denomination or another diocese or another, he was, I think he I think he left our diocese when, uh, yeah, he did leave our diocese either when or before Cana West broke off from the other Cana diocese and remained in the ACNA. Augustine Cana East, you mean? Yeah, I'm sorry, Cana East. Um, Augustine stayed with Cana East and Trinity Diocese and the Cana other West. Cana stuff um, with, with the Church of Nigeria. Um, but still, you know, the connection between us and Nigeria and the fact that he was um, Anglican, right? <laughs> that, that, that raised super huge alarm bells. And I realized as I was, as I was thinking about it, that the this teaching is so widespread in Nigeria, I just I, I, I sparked my curiosity. I joined one of the groups, the Anglican Nigerian groups, and it was just all all prosperity gospel all the time. Like today, God is going to thwart the the demonic arrows. Um, there's this thing within prosperity circles and in the climate circles where you your words have power, right? So you what you pronounce and declare. Is like a magical incantation. You 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 wield the power of God by your words. So you say, "I declare today that no no bad thing shall happen to you," and that's that's a prophetic act that has that has spiritual power, which is again a heresy. It's not the way things work. It's very so. much like manifesting, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super. It's super like manifesting because you have to get your thoughts in line with the universe. You have to um, and. And then you, your words, like your thoughts have power right. to bring into being stuff that you want. Like, I don't know, like a generative act <clears throat> through your thought. Yeah. Or the wilderness, the, the universe wants to give you stuff. It's just waiting for you to. Right. Yeah. You know, so but in this case, it. the universe is God. And yeah, exactly. It's, it's a, the secret, the book, the secret that came out. Yeah. There was a secular book, not Christian book, but that, but basically. That's what. Word uh, of faith the, is. the word of faith people, prosperity gospel people, name it, name it people. Uh, we'll use word of faith from now on. They they'll, say they'll take. They say that Jesus was really good at the secret, just like you know Socrates and I don't know 
the secularists say that? Or the... They're in the secret. <coughs> right, Rhonda Byrne says that Jesus was really good at the secret. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, well, why though? That's how he... he did his miracles. Cause yeah, he did, but he had this, he why would he? Power. I don't, I can't remember. She didn't mention that he died. Oh. Rhonda Byrne. I think she left that part out. I read the secret incidentally. I can't remember. Did I had to write, an article, I had to write an article about it and it was so awful. Yeah. <laughs> it was, if it, you have to pick between the secret and Frank Peretti, I'm going to say, go for Frank Peretti every time. <laughs> so anyway, the, this, there's, I think that this is super widespread in Nigeria and in some other African, other African contexts. Um, so I was worried about it. And someone sent me a link to one of Augustine's sermons in which he was saying that you, if you're, if you are actually a believer in Jesus and you are not out there doing the better works, more powerful, miraculous works than Jesus is doing, then you aren't a good disciple. You're not, you're, 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 if you're not raising the dead, if you're not walking on water, if you're not walking through walls, then you are, you are a pitiful believer because that's, you, this should be the, these should be the normal marks of your life. I, so I transcribed that sermon. Mm-hmm. Like I sat at our kitchen counter and carefully typed it out at length. It took me several yeah. hours to transcribe it. I don't know what happened to that. Yeah. And it, it, you did. And I think I, I have a link to it because I, so let me, so I saw that someone really alarmed me because I think, and I'm, I mean, I don't want to get my history, to, my timeline, my timeline messed up, but I think he had already been elected a bishop in the church of Nigeria. When I, when the sermon was sent to me, I'll have to look, but it's either around that time or before that time he was, he was nominated as, or elected a bishop. So that set off huge alarm bells. And I said, I've got to, I've got to do something. I can't, I've got to say something because he's going to be representing the whole church now. That's what a bishop does, represents the whole church. So I wrote out a lengthy, you, you sent me this thing. I, I, you sent me your, the transcript. I put, I, I, I put a link to this sermon in various Anglican pages and in my own page. And I said, this is not acceptable that this person is going to be a bishop. Something has to be done. Um, and he was violently angry with me. I mean, he was, he was super, he was threatened. I feel like he was hinting at physical violence toward me at the time, but it was too official. But see, by this, by this time, uh, several bishops in Nigeria had taken notice. Uh, one of them being a really good bishop who now is in the ACNA, but was at that point Church of Nigeria, uh, Bishop Felix Orji, um, O-R-J-I. And he, he, um, he said that before Augustine was going to be consecrated, they needed to adjudicate this. So I, he, I wrote formal charges, including the transcript. Um, and showing, telling, explaining what the word of faith heresy is, because that's what the bishop wanted, bishop wanted me to do. Why, how Augustine had 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 transgressed, and his his, his teachings stand far outside of orthodoxy. Um, we can link these articles. In, uh, we can link the articles that were written about this in our in the thing. Oh, really? So in our show should. notes. Yeah, we should. Um, I love linking things. Right. 
it's true. It's my favorite thing is getting <laughs> links up. So Bishop Borgi was concerned about it too, and he thought he said this is he's, he 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 mentioned this is you know this is big this is a big problem in, in Nigeria and uh so Anglican Inc wrote an article about it detailing the charges themselves themselves and you know, the problem is you know I should go back and explain Jesus did say if you, if you those who follow me believe in me are going to be doing greater works than these and he didn't mean by that greater miracles uh, he was he was talking and the context bears this out and the book of Acts bears this out he was referring to the extension of the kingdom like like Jesus his purpose was to come and die rise again uh, be exalted into heaven and send the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit um, might make his presence known to everyone who believes anywhere, right? So, so now the church has gone out, and the church is much larger than it was um, when he was during his earthly ministry. During his earthly ministry, many people rejected him. During his earthly ministry, the church was very small. Um, but because of the Holy Spirit, the church has proclaimed the gospel, and he has, by the Holy Spirit, converted so many more hearts now than when he, when he was through the church, and he did when he was. Um, so the greater work is the it's a greater work of evangelism that was going to be done by uh, by the apostolic by the by the apostles and those after them. Um, anyway, okay. So I, I detail the charges, and I don't know what happened. There was some kind of trial. I wasn't asked to give any more testimony than that. And uh, the the Church of Nigeria releases this thing. I think it was the eve before his consecration, saying, "Oh, you know he." Augustine apologizes for inadvertently teaching things that are consistent with the word of heresy. So he was an accident. <laughs> and I don't know what that means. I, I, I felt like two things. First, it was good that they acknowledged that it was a heresy. But I, it wasn't an accident. It, there was no, nothing accidental about what he did. And I, I wasn't sure that he was recanting anything at all. It didn't sound like he was recanting anything at all, but who, who knows? So the consecration went ahead. I wrote a res response to it. Um, the consecration went ahead. And here we are two years later, three years later. And <laughs> this article sent to me by, um, I forgot who sent it to me, but uh, out a, an Anglican bishop, it turns out, this is from Christian... Christian Newswire. I'll just read, I'll just read it. Uh, dated December 9th, 2022. The writer is Justin Murph, who I, I believe I know. Um, it's the same person. Uh, December 9th, 2022. Irvington, New Jersey. What began as a joyful church service celebrating baptisms and confirmations at Christ Anglican Church, a member of the Anglican Church in North America, that's ACNA, Ended in heartbreak as violence erupted and the church was attacked on Sunday, December 4th, 2022, by an angry mob led by Church of Nigeria Bishop Dr. Augustine Unigbe, same guy, who attempted to illegally seize the church. Christ Anglican Church is a member of the AC, uh, Anglican Diocese of the Rocky Mountains. Bishop Ken Ross, Bishop of the Anglican Diocese of the Rocky Mountains, was leading the worship service when Church of Nigeria Bishop Dr. Augustine Unigbe who is also a medical doctor in New Jersey, and a group of 14 Church of Nigeria members forced their way into the church, attempting to illegally seize the church property. 
Bishop Unigbe stormed into the platform, stormed to the stormed the platform, yelling, "I have come to take the church," and just shut the service down. In a video obtained by the Anglican Office for Government and International Affairs, Bishop Unigbe is clearly seen pushing and shoving church members, and at one point to uh, raises his bishop's staff, striking a church member trying to stop the illegal trespassing. Wait, oh, the church member who was trying to stop yeah, the illegal yeah, trespassing. Yeah. Okay. The video shows the violent mob continuing to legally trespass and attempting to move past law enforcement and church officials. The video also shows that despite multiple requests from law enforcement officers who were already on the scene, Bishop Unigbe and, the, and 14 of his followers refused to obey lawful police orders to leave the church. Eventually, the mob was dispersed and the trespassers were forced by police to vacate the premises. I mean, okay, uh, one, 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 more, one more paragraph. Okay. Complicating this issue further is that the violent incident appears to be premeditated or orchestrated by another Church of Nigeria bishop, according to a letter from the Church of Nigeria dated 29 November of 2022. The letter, written by the Right Reverend Nathan uh, Kanu, uh, Interim Coordinating Bishop, Church of Nigeria, North African, North American Mission, Kanem, to Bishop Ken Ross of the ATNA, directing him to stay away from Christ Anglican Church, saying, whatever the purpose or intention, we are troubled by the visit, that the visit, Ken Ross's visit, may be misconstrued. The optics may then ensue in additional protests or worse, physical confrontations. <laughs> I love, I love it's that like a threat. I love it so much. They ensue. Right. It's like very passive. Like yeah, something, yeah, I something don't, might happen. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Bishop Kanu is the supervisor of the right Reverend Doctor Agassine Amugbe. The letter was also sent to the Most Reverend Henry uh, Dukuba, who is a primate of the Church of Nigeria. It is unclear at this point whether the Church of Nigeria will respond appropriately by removing the bishop, Bishops Kanu and Amugbe from leadership. I mean that's just remarkable. It's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. And if you there's video of this, so it's not. I thought people at first were saying this can't be true. This is this is like this is so crazy. This insane. This can't be. But there's definitely actually, like I watched the video, so it doesn't look. I mean, I'm not surprised by this in the least. I'm I'm not surprised. This this person was already kind of loose cannon and and already. He was so, threatening. He was threatening me with spiritual violence. He he threw down curses on me several times. So this does not. I don't. Is <laughs> not have a character. So it's it's upsetting to, I it's upsetting to. Church of Nigeria. P, uh, Anglicans in America, that some Nigerian Anglicans aren't part of their, Church of Nigeria. Um, yeah. Uh, diocese or right. or churches, so they want all Church of Niger all Nigerians in America to be part of Church of Nigeria churches rather than in any ACNA churches. Is that kind of that's it seems to it, be it, what it, we're the, not sure what's going on, so we can't really speak with definitive definitively. But but Bishop Borgi moved over from Conem, the Nigerian American outlet. To the ACNA recently, he left that because of he, what he thought were some inappropriate um, actions by the Church of Nigeria, and I don't know. And I, I'm, 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 this is not what he said, but what what seems to be going on is that the Church of Nigeria is trying to take control of majority Nigerian congregations, <laughs> regardless of their affiliation, and move them into Nigerian 
hands. And it may be that um, Nigeria is making a bid to be its own worldwide communion. I don't know because this is happening in Europe. This is happening in America. I don't know. What's, I don't know what's going on. But it looks it's it's not good for Gafcon, and it's not good for. Uh, I don't think it's good for Church of Nigeria at all. Uh, it seems like the wilder um, it seems like the people who are more taken with word of faith teaching have reached the heights of the Church of Nigeria and are, and are directing affairs. But I don't know. So it's scary. <laughs> well, it's very exciting. It is very exciting. I mean, I mean <laughs> Anglicans are not usually known for uh, this sort of fervor. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So what, what I like is that in the video you can see the the band keep the, the, the band keeps playing. It's brawl going on, and the, but the people in the choir keep singing because right. they are not going to give an inch. And I feel really bad for the the other bishop who's standing there with his hands folded. Like yeah, I don't know what to do. I don't to do. I'm just going to stand here <laughs> and pray. Yeah. I think it's Bishop Ken Rosser. But. Yeah, he's like <laughs> I'm going to implore God to save our sins, <laughs> save us from our sins. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But I do think that people who are Christians should be more, um, and they shouldn't be violent at all. But this is sort of like medieval. Uh, you yeah, know, like you it go, really matters not only what you believe, but which jurisdiction you're in. I mean, this sort of thing happened like in the third or fourth century when like everyone was, there were like street riots over whether the sun has always been or whether <laughs> or whether he had a beginning and um people were like beating each other in the streets over the question this is the same kind of thing except it's much less <clears throat> much less theologically deep I mean, yeah i mean the Aryans. someone was saying the Aryans at least had like they were their, their heresy was thought out in a deeper way than than, than word of faith than any anything we have today right um, I I'm interested not so much in word of faith, but the the sort of religion that's growing. There, you know, there is a there is a, a a not resurgence necessarily, but paganism manifesting this sort of spirituality. Almost animism is growing in American culture. And it does dovetail very interestingly with word of faith. Like, I, I think that Christians will quote, there are some people inside, quote, Christian churches mm -hmm. that uh, are speaking exactly the same way that more and more and more young people are talking about their spirituality. And secularism just really did not win the day. So I feel bad for the people who want to do pod babies that are like, you know, not religious at all because people want to be religious. They, they want uh, affiliate. They want strongly held tribal affiliations and beliefs in transcendent things beyond right. themselves. Everybody wants that. So, this sort of clash of this transhuman AI weird, you know, post um, post progressive. <laughs> move on one hand and then this resurgence of spirituality of people who I think 
you know, a few years ago might have even uh, self-identified as Christian. Mm-hmm. It's like two streams coming together into one big river and it's weird, mucky, terrible river. Uh, but. Well, I think you're right about like, the people not, that no one in the seventies, eighties, nineties, the thought was we've got to fend off. We've got to fend off the the new kind of secular man who doesn't believe in the supernatural, who doesn't believe in anything beyond what he can see, taste, and touch. And so this Spong was a, was the was the one Bishop Spong was one appealing to these guys, trying to say, "Oh, we need to do ri- we need to get rid of the idea of the resurrection, the idea of a personal God, the idea of a, a virgin birth, because no no modern person is going to believe these things." Um, that was that was that was a bad tech yeah because modern quote modern people do want to believe in stuff they want miracles they want yeah he was thinking that modernity that that, 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 this the early the the modernism was going to win out in the the popular mind and it it never yeah it it really did not it didn't and so right now people are like openly worshiping odin and and neo-paganism is a huge thing and spirit you're right this is quasi spirituality no one no one no one wants to be non I don't think the idea of a virgin birth or the resurrection is all that no, I think remarkable that, to people. They just don't want they, but the idea that... They don't want Jesus. They don't want Jesus because of what he says and the, what the Bible says. Yeah. But I don't know. Given the chance, like, try it out. Try telling people about Jesus because also any knowledge of... Any vestigial knowledge of the Christian gospel has evaporated suddenly through COVID. Right. And people just don't know. Like, you're... It, you've, there's never been a chance for an American Christian to walk out of his or her door and meet somebody in Walmart who really had never, ever heard the na- of the name of Jesus. Like, try it. You will meet people who don't, have not heard <laughs> and have not seen. Like, all of it went away suddenly, and you can you have a fresh, clean oh, yeah. slate. You can tell people about the Christian gospel. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's like going to another place and yeah, it's like a, it's a, it's learning a, a new language, right. try it out. Right. You know, it's a lot, there's a long history of, of mission in the church and the world. Um, and now you don't even have to travel because it's right on your doorstep. So right. you might as well give it a, sh- give it a good shot. I mean, my, my guarantee, I guarantee like the majority of people who've never, like we have people in this country who just have never heard of the basic stories of the Christian uh, faith, like, like the they don't know who Moses is. They don't know who Abraham is. They don't know who Peter, James, John. They don't know any of this stuff because because they, they, they were because we don't have a, a population that was raised in Sunday school anymore. Even if they rejected it, like in the past, they knew you know, what it was. They knew what it was, right? Now they don't know what it is. So you can tell. I mean, by by I guarantee you, you, talk to the the average Joe out there, and you say, uh, "We believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. He died on the cross for our sins, and he was raised." to life in his body and now he reigns in heaven that the, the person wouldn't blink but he might he might ask what does this jesus say about gender yeah yeah what, what about sexual identity and then that's where the that's where the objection is going to come in not over the miracles yeah the, and, if you don't, and, if, and if jesus says the wrong thing about sexual identity then that might cause him to doubt his miracles well he probably didn't do those things then, those things then, because um, he doesn't have the right beliefs it's the it's like <laughs> the, the flaw right. of the excluded middle has come to america so that's, Could you explain what the flaw is? No, I could not possibly do that. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I will sometime later, but I'd have to go read the article again. Okay. But 
it's a really great article if you can find it. I don't think it's like it's not as out of print, but the the flaw of the excluded middle it explains it explains religious uh, the religions around the world, uh, and now I feel like it definitely describes the West as well. So, is it an article you can link? Yeah, no, I can't link it, but oh. um, yeah. So are we done? I think so. I the, think that we meant we, we should be reading the passion again, but um, do you have do we have Colossians? Uh, uh, a friend of ours, Pastor Joshua Thompson, sent me a note saying that you should read Colossians. Well, no, he said that like, like one interesting thing about the Passion translation is that I don't he think adds so many words. Like there's so many there's so many more words in the New Testament than there were before he got a hold of it. <laughs> Like it's now like thirty. Like he said, something like the Colossians has like almost double the number of words it has in it normally. So like I guess the Holy Spirit was. Yeah, we don't have Colossians. We have Matthew and Luke Acts. Okay. And we have Psalms. So I know most of our listeners know about this guy, but he 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 John. says he and the Holy John. Spirit has helped him. Give a, the, the the true translation of the Bible, the true what the Bible really means, and so you should drop if you have an ESV or a KJV or a RERSV or whatever it might be, you need to drop those and go buy the Passion because the Passion is a real Bible, the one that the Holy Spirit. Really I did. think we for Advent we should read a I should read a Psalm here as we close out. Yeah, I'll find one that I really like here early on. I love Psalm 2. Oh, it looks really long. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's doubled it. Oh, man. No, I can't do that one then. Well, I can just do part one. Okay, so Psalm 2, which is kind of short. Super short, but all right. How dare the nations plan a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Lord Most High? Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the power brokers of the world rise up to hold their summit, scheming and conferring together against God and his anointed king, saying, Come, let us, let's come together and break away from the Creator. That's <laughs> deathless prose. <laughs> Once and for all, let's cast off these controlling chains of God and his Christ. How can chains be controlling? Okay, people are controlling. God enthroned merely laughs at them, amused at all their puny plans, mocking their madness. It sounds kind of cartoonish, like a. <laughs> then, with the fierceness of his fiery anger, anger, he settles the issue and terrifies them to death with these words: "I myself have poured out my king on Zion, my holy mountain." What? I poured out my king? No. Yeah, no, that's no. Not... He set his son. Wow, that's a really bad. That's really bad because that makes that's taking the psalm two is about the enthronement of Christ. Yeah, and now he's making it about the Holy Spirit. That's yeah, there's a note though. It says um, Jesus was poured out as a consecrated offering. Oh, okay, okay. So he doesn't mean the Holy Spirit. Okay, right, um, but still, that, that that's, that's bad word. That's not poured out. He's enthroned and poured out are not quite the same. And that's not in the text. Um. Anyway, is that good enough? Yeah, that's that's pretty that's good. That's a lot. That's so, but and, yeah, it's about twice the length right now. Just the first part of the yeah, song. Yeah, it's like twice <laughs> the actual song. 
<laughs> well, yeah. Thank you for listening, and we will probably be back next week. <laughs>